This episode is brought to you by Dietz and Watson. Uh, Molly, it's time we have the talk about hot dogs. Oh, oh, okay. Well, hey, (laughs) I'm looking for a hot dog that's the real deal, Matthew. Like a classic hot dog that like when you think of like the platonic ideal of a hot dog, Mm -hmm. I recommend Dietz and Watson's Dietz Dogs. Ah, well, I've heard that they're handcrafted and made using only Dietz and Watson premium meat. I can vouch for this because Dietz and Watson sent us a big box of hot dogs and other delights. And wife of the show, Lori, and I had them for dinner last night. We had uh, the classic beef Dietz dogs with uh, toasted buns with sauerkraut and pickled jalapenos and Dietz and Watson ballpark style yellow mustard. Do you think you'd recommend Dietz and Watson hot dogs for fried rice? Oh, yeah. Fried rice with some sliced hot dogs. I'm going to be doing that soon. Wife of the show, Lori, is going to be making the hot dog flour buns from Christina Cho's cookbook, Mooncakes and Milk Bread. Very excited for this. Mm, And I'm especially pleased because Dietz and Watson does things the right way. So this means like no additives, no fillers, no artificial flavors, no cutting corners. You can feel good about this stuff. Dietz and Watson. It's a family thing since 1939. Shop now at Dietz slash the right way. That's Dietz, D-I-E-T-Z, and Watson.com slash the right way. This episode is brought to you by Panama City Beach, Florida. In Panama City Beach, you'll discover endless family fun, eco-adventure, romance, white sands, turquoise waters. Can I say it's how a great very this colorful sounds. place? It is. Make it yours at Panama City Beach, the real fun beach. Make it memorable. Plan your escape today at visitpanamacitybeach.com. I'm Molly. And I'm Matthew. And this is Spilled Milk, the show where we cook something delicious, eat it all, and you can't have any. And today we are talking about frozen fruit. Mm-hmm. That's right. We're each sitting in front of a smoothie. Are these new glasses, Matthew? They are, they are newish glasses. They're Collins glasses that I bought uh-huh. at QFC. These look really large. I, like, this is a big cocktail. Yeah, I believe. Well, I mean, it's for, it's for like, uh, you know, like a, a Tom Collins like has a lot of soda in it. Okay. But I believe they were uh, not on sale for for four ninety nine. Mm-hmm. Okay. So today we're talking about frozen fruit. This episode was suggested by listener Anne. Thank you, listener Anne. Which um, yesterday allowed me to go down uh, the old YouTube rabbit hole of watching videos of uh, frozen fruit in factories. That was pretty cool on conveyor belts and stuff. So um, so if you've ever wondered how frozen fruit gets from the field to your freezer, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm here to tell you. Um, the best part is that the video that I watched, which was from some series called like How It's Made. Can we link to it? Yeah, we can link Great. to it. The video I watched, it had an ad at the beginning that was this dude, this like sort of very shiny looking young white dude in a um, like an Oxford shirt that was tight enough or maybe tailored enough that you could really see his muscles. Oh, yeah. And he was standing in a kitchen with all this like, you know, like dark wood cabinetry and stuff. And he was like, I'm that guy. I'm going to teach you about superfoods. I'm that guy who smells like essential oils and is always hanging out at Whole Foods. Nice. And I I was like, click to skip ad. Oh, (laughs) I didn't realize this was the ad. I thought this was the no, video. No, this is the ad. But like, but I loved how he said he smells like essential oils. But that sounds like he was doing a bit. Like, no, no, he was. This was. Oh, okay. No, I could tell. You by, could tell like, he genuinely smelled like I could tell, neroli just, oil just through the the screen. I could smell the essential oils. Okay. But no, this guy was talking about superfoods, like a true believer. Okay, well, 
maybe the ad will show up again when we look at the YouTube video. I hope so. I'm going to Google guy who smells like essential oils. And maybe <laughs> I'll find it that way. Okay. Okay. Anyway, uh, Matthew, let's go down memory lane. Okay. I think mainly I remember frozen strawberries being in the freezer when I was a kid. I think we did buy a variety of frozen fruits, but the one I really remember was the the kind of frozen strawberries that come like in a brick. Well, I was going to say that I remember, and obviously I don't know if I trust my memory on this because I wasn't exactly doing the grocery shopping when I was a kid, but I remember all frozen fruits and vegetables coming in like paper bricks, like like spinach still tends to sometimes. Right. I think individually quick frozen is something that's become much more common over our lifetime, over our adult life. I I think you're correct. It's possible we invented it and just forgot. It's possible. It, I mean, we forget We forget what we say on these shows within 10 minutes of turning off the microphone. This is true. Like, someone so, will come up and say, like, you know, I loved your marshmallow episode. And uh, I it just was great blankly. when you were talking about, like, how, uh, you know, the, you had a sexual fantasy about the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man. Or like, I don't remember that no, at wait, all. You said something recently about, um, is it the Oklahoma City episode? Is it the bonus episode or the regular one? I don't know what what did I say about you it. You said that I gave sex tips based on the movie Fatal Attraction. Yes, you certainly did. And it was the, it was no, the regular Oklahoma City episode that came out a couple of weeks ago. I have no recollection of this. Maybe our listeners. I think do. your I think your key tip was um, if someone's trying to stab you and you wrestle the knife away from them, <laughs> don't set the knife down on the counter so they can just grab it again and stab you. Yeah, which was a great tip. Thank you, Glenn Close and Michael Douglas, for living for so that out things. for us so that we could learn what not to do. Basically, like, you, you, your tips were mostly, like, ways to, like, uh, arrest the attraction before it becomes <laughs> fatal. <laughs> like, put it in handcuffs, take it to jail. Right. Right. Okay. So okay. so anyway, memory lane for me. Oh, you were saying that, that the strawberries came in a brick. Yeah, and I don't remember exactly what was done with them when I was a kid, but I do remember like this brick of fruit. And mm-hmm. then I remember like when when I went out on my own to seek my fortune, I would buy the brick <laughs> of strawberries and use it to make smoothies. Typically not that different from the smoothie we're drinking now. Typically with like frozen strawberries, a banana, and orange juice. Okay. I think we also had strawberries when I was a kid in the freezer frequently. I think my first like time ever really thinking about the fact that frozen fruit existed was when I worked at Celestial Smoothies. Of course. Um, for for that really handsome guy, Tony. What did he smell like? I think he probably smelled a bit like patchouli. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's interesting to think that I almost refer to him now as handsome older man, Tony. But when I think about it now, I think he was that probably he's like 25. No, I think he's he was younger then than I am now. Right. I think he had prematurely gray hair, but he was okay. very handsome. And anyway, he owned this smoothie place that was sort of Grateful Dead themed. He was big deadhead. That was my first time, like, really ever thinking about frozen fruit. And this was individual quick frozen fruit. This would have been in, like, maybe 96. Yeah, that's that's probably about when I started thinking about it, too. Because that's <laughs> when I went out on my own, was 96. I mean, not on my own, because wife of the show, Lori, was with me at all times. Okay. Okay, great. Anyway, I mean, not, not all times like it was like a creepy like like we're you know handcuffed together type of thing. Not that that's creepy if it's consensual, but like I'm just gonna keep digging. <laughs> keep digging this also, joke also, into the like, ground. I got, a, I got a phrase stuck in my head that didn't turn into a joke, but I'm not gonna be able to let it go until I say it. Which was Romeo and Patchouli. Is that something? 
Okay. Okay. Um, I do also remember, so it, this is the height of 80s desserts, what I'm about to say mm-hmm. here. My mother picked up this recipe. I think this was maybe in the section of Bon Appetit where people used to, this, used, this section used to exist. Now I think it it's not an official section, but it shows up in there, sort of. Like, where people write in and they're like, I loved the scones at such and such bed and breakfast. Is that in called like, RSVP? It, it at least Something used like to that? be. Yeah. It was I, in Bon Appetit I bet they or still have Gourmet. It. Yeah. Maybe they, I think it might have been both, because I, I know I've seen it more recently than The Demise I loved of Gourmet. that section. Yeah. I think that's where my mother found this recipe. It was for a white chocolate cur a la creme. So it was a white yes, chocolate. Yes, of course. Right? Isn't yes. this the ultimate 80s it dessert? So it was a white chocolate mousse. It was like whipped cream, heavy cream, white chocolate, powdered sugar. And you would put it inside a heart-shaped mold that had holes in it. And you would have lined the mold with... Um, with cheesecloth and then you would let yes. it let it drain in the fridge overnight and you would serve it with a raspberry coulis no one a thing no one says anymore I know right and my mom used frozen raspberries for this I remember um, so I think for Valentine's Day when I was in third grade I started we started taking French in second grade at my school and sure, I remember we always had like a special, special treat in French class on Valentine's Day. I remember my mom made a carala creme and I got to take it into French class with the raspberry coulis. How did it go and, over? And we chose it because the name of it was in French. And of course. Like, you know, we, we, I felt very fancy. It went over really well. I okay. mean, everybody was like, can we have your mom? Of course. And people, Which still, people are still, still saying. Yeah. Um, can I show you the romantic uh, Valentine's Day gift that wife of the show, Lori, gave yeah, me this morning? I haven't morning? given Ash her romantic Valentine's Day gift yet. It's, uh, it's a bar. It's a Seattle chocolate bar. And the name of the bar is We Work Together Like Nuts and Bolts Pretzel and Peanut Dark Chocolate Truffle Bar. Oh, that's adorable. Isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I didn't get her anything. <laughs> yeah, I really am not a Valentine's Day person. I'm, you know, I, I'm learning how to, like... Rise to the occasion and meet Ash halfway. You should make a Corella creme. I should make a Corella creme. Except Ash doesn't like fruit. Oh, okay. You yeah, should she make. Would, she's never eaten a raspberry, and she won't get anywhere near one. Sure, you should I make. I could go a... on and on about this, but I won't. Well, could you just leave out the fruit? Like coolie, hold the coolie. So not too long ago, I think for Mother's Day, for old time's sake, I made a Corella creme and served it to my mother, and Ash did get to eat some, okay. then, but without the raspberry. So make make something else hard. I know I've been seeing these commercials for Papa Murphy's heart-shaped pepperoni pizza. <laughs> oh, that's what we'll do for dinner okay. tonight. Um, oh, by the way, we're recording this on Valentine's Day. Oh, I mean, that's right. Yeah. So, yeah, it's so not why Valentine's are we talking Day so much about Valentine's Day like at the end of March or whenever you hear this? <laughs> okay. So, Matthew. <laughs> Happy St. Patrick's Day, everyone. Matthew, That's what, over, too, probably. What frozen fruits do you buy now? Do you buy frozen fruits now? I do sometimes. So, generally, berries. So like when I, I feel like there was an episode where we made a clafuti. Does this sound familiar? Did I make um? But what I think would I that made have a clafuti with pears. Yeah, but I I think I made a blueberry because that's what I usually make. But like, why? What episode might this have been? I don't think we did an all clafuti episode. That doesn't sound like us that at sounds all. Sounds like something we would have done in the late nineties. <laughs> exactly. Like, I mean, if you turn tune into our episodes from the late nineties, like there's a lot of we did fennel three weeks in a row. There's duck, yeah, fresh pasta. Uh-huh. Yeah, 
I don't. I don't know. I think we. I think one episode was just fennel pollen. Um, <laughs> wild fennel pollen. Wild, of course. Yeah. Ramps. I think we. Did, I think we did do an episode about ramps, yeah. like for reals. Yeah. Anyway, I don't know. So, so I like the the frozen wild blueberries, especially the little ones. They thaw mm. really quickly. They have a really uh, intense flavor, yeah. and and I generally use them in in like a blueberry pancake, blueberry muffin, blue blue blueberry. <laughs> I hadn't thought about the frozen wild ones. Um, I usually just buy whichever organic brand is on sale. Sure. I pretty much But al- I like to take a walk on the wild side of blueberries. I pretty much always have frozen berries at home. And I, the, our favorite ones for smoothies are strawberries, raspberries, mm-hmm. less blueberries. I think they're like too sweet in smoothies. Romeo and Blueberry yet? Is that something? <laughs> Um, so I also always am, I'm forever freezing whole bananas and I know my life would be easier if I would do what Tony, the smoothie man taught me to do, which was to peel the banana, to cut the banana into like two or three sections and freeze the sections on a sheet pan and then put them in a plastic bag. But you know what, Matthew, we're going to get to this later. Yeah. But I mean, it sounds like Tony wasn't just beautiful. He was also wise. He was wise. He was the, he was also the guy who had the the poster of how to make a sandwich, like the proper order of yes. ingredients in a sandwich. This man left such an impression upon me. It, I wonder what, where he is now. Celestial Smoothies Tony, mm-hmm. if you're out there. If any of our listeners know of Celestial Smoothies Tony, like have him send a shout out. Tell us what he's up to now. Like thank him for my knowledge of Quick frozen fruit and how to make a sandwich. Thank you, Tony. I don't have someone like that, do I? <laughs> like a true mentor in that way? I don't think I do. Did you have many food service jobs? No, almost none. Now that I think about it, none. <clears throat> I think most of the like most interesting people or sort of mentory type figures that I knew in my like late teens and early 20s, they all came into my world on food service jobs. That makes sense. Yeah, no, now that I think about it, like... Maybe it's just that I was at an age where I was meeting mentors and things. I mean, I wouldn't call Tony a mentor. I would call... I would. I was at an age where I was gathering so much information all the time that pretty much every adult I came into contact with left an impression. I mean, I had influential teachers. Does that count? Yeah, that counts. But, like, I'm thinking about the... (laughs) Just going to run right over you. Yeah. No, but I'm thinking about... So I worked, like... I did prep work for a caterer in Oklahoma City, and I still have such vivid memories of her and Jay and Catherine, the two people I often worked with in her kitchen. Gosh, all the people I worked with at the Whole Foods in Mill Valley. Sure. On, um, was it on East Blythdale? Is that the street that it was on? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> anyway, that's, that's how I remember anyway, it. Anyway, I mean, I have such vivid East memories of, of all the people I worked with there, and like things that I learned there, like how to how to cut up a rotisserie chicken. And I try to think about like what jobs did I have? So I, I worked at the doorknob wholesaler doing data entry. Other first job was uh, was shagging newspapers. Oh, I which... also worked for an olive oil vendor in Paris. Of course, you did. No, but I'm, I'm amazed you didn't have any food service jobs. I'm I'm amazed too. Like I worked at Sur La Table selling food gadgets. I mean, okay. So wait, you worked you worked for a doorknob wholesaler. Yeah, I worked uh, shagging newspapers, which meant um, 
running around with a pile of newspapers and taking the old ones out of the newspaper racks and putting in the new ones. Oh, okay. That was a terrible job. I don't recommend it. Okay. Um, I worked at, as a copy editor for a, a neighborhood shopper newspaper. Mm-hmm. I worked at a law office just doing clerical stuff for okay. several years in high school. Mm-hmm. Um, I worked in the computer lab at college. That was my work study job. So, yeah. Yeah. Oh. I learned a lot from the lawyer that I worked for. Another job where I. Depositions. Another job where I, I, you know, I think we've talked on the show about how I worked for a couple of professors in college doing housework for them. Oh, yeah. Um, the, the wife of the couple had rheumatoid arthritis mm-hmm. and so had like limited, limited mobility. And so I would do things like clean their kitchen three mornings a week and I folded all their laundry and all that stuff. They had this very egalitarian, they had the first egal, like truly egalitarian marriage I ever saw. Did they have a chore chart? They did not have a chore chart. I don't know how they kept it all straight, but I remember being blown away by uh, by the it, it was the husband, uh, my professor John Felstener from Stanford, mm-hmm. who basically showed me the ropes and taught me how to do everything because he did all that stuff around cool. the house. It was really cool, and I remember they were very stringent about it. Like it was very intentional. They each did 50%. And it was really cool. It was so earth shattering to me at the time. That sounds very cool and very Northern California. Yes. Anyway, but he also like taught me the way that he liked all the laundry folded and he was very particular about it. And I, to this day, I still fold a lot of my laundry the way that he made me fold their laundry. That is so cool. I love folding laundry. uh, And I do it in the way my mentor, uh, Marie Kondo, taught me. (laughs) Marie Kondo, you might have heard of her on the the Netflix show. No, this was a different, different Marie Kondo. (laughs) This was, this was before she, she got, became a famous TV star back, back when, you know, we would just hang out, fold laundry, spark joys, spark, (laughs) spark it up. Uh This episode is brought to you by Madison Reed Hair Color. Take coloring your hair at home to the next level with Madison Reed. You deserve, Matthew, you deserve gorgeous professional hair color delivered to your door for less than $25. I mean, first of all, I deserve gorgeous hair, which I don't have. But if I did, I would be all over Madison Reed because I I used to love changing my hair color. You did? Yeah. Oh, wow. Did you ever, you're not very gray, but if you were gray, would you dye your hair? I think I probably would. Madison Reed makes it easy for you to do that. This is like game-changing color that you can do at home and look like you just came from the salon. Yeah, I mean, I think I would I, I would sometimes buy hair color in a drugstore, but I never knew like which one to get or how much to spend or what was in it. And there were too many to choose from. I wish I'd had Madison Reed. You can find your perfect shade at madison-reed.com. And Spilled Milk listeners get 10% off plus free shipping on their first color kit with the code Spilled Milk. That's Spilled Milk at madison-reed.com. Mm. This episode is brought to you by Thomas's English Muffins, who asks... Would you listen to an ad on your favorite podcast if your hosts were chewing a Thomas's English muffin Ser- at the time? Seriously, Thomas has asked us mm-hmm. to do this. <laughs> this isn't a punishment that we are inflicting on them. No, this is a reward for all yeah, of us. But mostly for us because we're the ones who get to eat the English muffin with all those nooks and crannies that trap the butter. Matthew. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's talk about... So I think Thomas's English muffins 
are sort of my ideal English muffin, right? Because mm-hmm. they're like, when you toast them. And you're a known English muffin idealist. I eat a lot of English muffins. Mm-hmm. I really do. Um, they stay chewy in the middle, mm-hmm. but the outside gets nice and crispy. And even when I'm buttering them, like the, the nooks and crannies, they don't smash down and get soggy. They like stay exactly. crunchy. Well, I mean, that's the secret they've, they've been keeping for over 100 years, but they're almost ready to let it out. <laughs> Actually, no, they're never going to tell, but they are going to keep making those delicious nooks and crannies English muffins. Thank goodness. Thomas's wake up to what's possible. What was I going to say? Yeah, so I, I'm realizing, like, I, I'm always giving you shit for, like, having a sheltered upbringing, but you had a lot more real jobs than I did. Um, I never worked in food service. I never did. I never cleaned anything. Yeah, I loved all those jobs. Yeah. I think I think my very favorite job was working at Whole Foods. I loved it. Sure. I made sandwiches and, yeah, got there at, like, six in the morning to wrap chunks of cheese. I loved it. So did you learn anything about frozen fruit in, <laughs> right. the, in the course That's of researching episode this episode. It's okay if you didn't. Like, um, I'm fine with it. So, Matthew, um, I did learn on YouTube yesterday oh, yeah. a lot about frozen fruit. So, basically... From that, that patchouli guy. From the patchouli guy, <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, it was interesting because when I first started doing my quote-unquote research for today's episode... When I was Googling frozen fruit, what I kept getting was like tons of articles in different publications and on different websites, like attempting to debunk some myth that frozen fruit isn't as nutritious as fresh. Yeah. Like, are people this, really worried about this? I don't know if it, to what extent people are worried about it now, but this, this I feel, was like an evergreen article for many, many years, and I guess still is. That That's like fascinating. If you don't know what me. to write about for like you know Cooking Light magazine or whatever, like uh, frozen fruits and vegetables, they're they're more nutritious than you think. Uh, anyway, can I just really quickly yeah. do some debunking? Okay, so here's the deal. Fresh fruit, what we see usually, we're talking about grocery store fresh fruit. We're not talking about the farmer's market stuff, which is a whole other category. But are you done? Probably. Uh, the kind of fresh fruit that we find in the grocery store is usually picked before it's fully ripe, right? Yeah. So that it doesn't rot in the time that it's going to take for it to be transported to wherever it's going to be sold, which is uh, very frequently, you know, up to an entire week between the time that right. it's picked and the time it shows up on shelves. And sometimes in the case of apples and things like that, it, it could be up to a year. Yes. Although I feel like apples are one of the fruits that... It's a storage fruit. Yeah, that that uh, can handle this the best. But but pretty much all fruits are treated with some sort of like chemicals or, or gases to, to keep them from ripening or make them ripen faster. Sure. Um, and anyway... What I didn't realize is that frozen fruit is different in that it's picked um, when it's actually ripe, at least according to everything I read, which maybe it's wrong. Is it picked at the peak of freshness? It's picked at, at, at peak <laughs> peak ripeness, in fact. Who produced this video you're right? watching? No, but I read it like in tons of places. And <laughs> okay. if it was on the internet, it would okay, be true. Of, all right, sure. Anyway, but then it's frozen and packed very quickly to prevent spoilage. Um, so it's uh, like I even saw footage of like um, a strawberry destemmer in the field that was like um, it was like a metal plate with these two um, blades on it, almost like a cheese, sli- like an old fashioned like cheese slicer, you know. Oh, wow. And so they run the 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 worker who is the worker who's picking these strawberries can take two at a time, run them over these blades and just drop them into the, the bushel. Wow. Anyway. 
They are uh, taken from the field. They are, this is really cool. So strawberries, let's go with strawberries first, okay? They're dumped in a big bath of water. Then they're like showered with water to get off all the residual dirt. Then they're rinsed with chlorinated water to sanitize them, Mm -hmm. okay? Then they're checked by a whole bunch of workers. Uh, Thank you, hardworking factory workers who make our beautiful frozen fruit. Those workers pull out the bad ones. And then the fruit enters the freezing tunnel. Are you ready? Okay. The freezing tunnel is negative 34 degrees Fahrenheit. Oh, I want to see the freezing tunnel. Could you see it in the video? You can can see the fruit going into it. The fruit's on a conveyor belt. These individual strawberries, which have now been stemmed and washed, they go into this tunnel that's 30 negative 34 degrees Fahrenheit and the coils of this tunnel are um, they, they contain liquid ammonia which I guess is often used in industrial freezing I assume because it has like a the, the right freezing freezing and or like you know heat of fusion that they're looking for whatever Anyway, um, the the frigid air in this tunnel circulates at really high speed. So the strawberries freeze in about 20 minutes, which doesn't seem that fast. But I venture to guess it's a lot faster than in our like home freezers. Um, oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Anyway, our home freezers that are, are at like zero degrees Fahrenheit or so, I think. Mm-hmm. That's a big um, difference. Anyway, so yeah, they, they go through basically this tunnel of, of, of circulating frigid air. And then when they come out, then the strawberries are sorted by size. Do they have like a series of like sieves with big holes or something? No, they're they're rollers that are set certain oh, width, okay, the, widths sure. apart. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's sort of like a sieve. But what was really cool is that the video also showed me peaches. So peaches, they are, you know, they get the same bath, shower, chlorinated water situation. But then they, um, they're pitted by these special machines that this is so cool. Like these machines, they, they find and they're, they're able to do this with 90 peaches a minute. Okay. They find where the natural groove of the fruit is. Oh, I love finding the natural groove. And they cut all the way around it and pit it. Yes. Uh, or they cut all the way around it and cut it into two perfect halves along that like natural line of the peach. And then the peach drops out the other side of this pitting machine onto this surface that has holes in it and it vibrates. And so the pits fall through the Oh, when the, you said when you said like they were pitted at ninety a minute, I was I was imagining like a bolt going through it. No and like pits shooting out like a machine gun. No, it's this blade that uh, that aligns them in a certain way and cuts them around their uh, uh, you know, along the the line, it cuts them in half along the line of growth. It's a lot more precise than I was imagining. It, yeah, That's me too. Cool. I'm, well, I'm kind of like, why is it important to cut it along that that seam? I don't know. Oh, because, actually, I remember now because the machine then actually twists the two halves yes. apart. I remember it saying that. So anyway, well, also if you cut along the seam, then you kind of know how the pit is going to sit. Or like oh, probably the pit is easier to shake out. That's correct. This makes sense because then the pit is sitting in there um, with its wide side down. Yeah. Anyway, Which is also how I sit. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, then they come out on the other side of the pitter onto this like perforated sheet of metal that's vibrating, and the pits. Which fall is also how it. I sit. <laughs> Then they go onto a conveyor belt where, again, these uh, tireless workers are making sure that all the pits have come out. The other day I got a prune, a uh, dried prune that was supposed to be pitted and was not, and it was very surprising. Mm-hmm. I want to go through like a human obstacle course version of one of these processes. Wasn't this part of um, Double Dare? 
I think so, it's, yeah. This is also part of American Gladiator. There's a new show like There's, hosted oh. by The Rock that's sort of like an American Gladiator Ninja Ninja Warrior. Ash like, and I watched one of these like in a hotel room somewhere yes. where like oh, people were great, testing their strength. Yes, vacation watch. Anyway, then the peaches, after all this, after they've been halved and pitted, then they go into um, a cutting machine that has been calibrated according to what the brand that's buying these peaches wants, either four or six pieces. What do you want? I think I want six. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah. Anyway, um, yeah, I thought that was pretty cool. Like, I, I had not thought before about how individual quick freezing works and at what point you would need humans to get their eyes on sure. this fruit and at what point you wouldn't get your eyes on this fruit get your right? eyes on this fruit matthew do you ever freeze your own fruit at home like in you know peak summer fruit season so there is really only one fruit that we typically freeze at home we do freeze a lot of things at home like i'll individually quick freeze like sausage patties um, dumplings, that sort of thing. I don't think you not can call quick. it individual you're right, you're quick right. freezing. Individually freeze, but not so quick. And by that, do you mean putting them on a, a sheet pan? Yes, spaced out. Okay, lined with parchment. Right. Um, the one fruit that we do freeze is cranberries. Oh. Because you can just throw the bag in the freezer. I don't use that many cranberries. Um, so wife of the show, Lori, loves baking with cranberries. Oh, okay, okay. I love picking blackberries in the summer. I feel almost a certain sense of mania around blackberry picking. How often do you cut your hands? Oh, no, I'm quite good at it Okay, now. Like, I think I used to feel a lot more... Because um, I'm scared when I think about that. Yeah, I used to feel a lot more nervous about getting snagged all the time. Right. And, and you do. I mean, as I have said to June, like, if you're going to pick blackberries, you're going to get stuck with brambles. Yeah, if I had told pr- pretty sure that Iris that at that age, Iris would have been like, well, uh, see you later. Have fun out there. Oh my gosh, June loves picking blackberries. And I, I think that only the fact that she loves blackberries as much as she does uh, it allows her to overcome the pain. Okay, yeah. But anyway. That's great. Um, I have scouted out all of these bushes um, in our neighborhood that are like along, you know, along the street, like on public property. And I go pick blackberries there. I also have some blackberries in my own yard, but they're like my yard goes down this crazy hill and there's a like a drainage channel on the edge of my yard. Oh, this sounds like a place you would be found. Well, I have. Do you know what I've tried doing? Actually, you know, those like grabbers like with a squeezy handle like a squeezy handle uh-huh. I've used those to pick blackberries in my own yard before wouldn't it just squish them uh, no but I, I'm very gentle wow I'm j- I, want... I mean I cannot even tell you how much I love this like I pick like at least two gallons of blackberries over the course of a couple weeks and then I, I freeze them all on sheet pans in batches and then keep them in my freezer, and we use them in smoothies. Um, we use them in cobbler, a blackberry cobbler in the middle of winter, like made with blackberries that you picked that like on really your good. street. Like really this good. is why I live in Seattle. I stopped drinking smoothies at some point when we stopped owning a blender mm-hmm. because like smoothies are one thing that you can't make very well with a stick blender. Yeah, and as I've said before, I don't have any good reason for not owning a blender. It's not like a like a moral thing um it was just like like we have too many appliances that take you up too much shelf space how often do we really blend yeah. and smoothies was the main thing we blended and it was really satisfying when you brought your blender over today and i got to make a smoothie yeah I, the only thing i really ever make in mine is smoothies yeah but i do love having it 
And, um, and you learned from the best. I, di- I did. Yeah. From Tony. But anyway, I just wanted to say, uh, do, do you think any of our listeners don't know exactly what we mean by like uh, individually freezing? Uh, should oh, I mean, we, should I we talk more about it? you explained it. Okay. In the, so, like, it's so as the opposed to being you're... frozen in a block, kind of a block of ice where it's all smushed together. It's the kind, the bag where you can shake it and there's individual pieces. And the way you achieve that at home, for instance, with blackberries, is spreading them out in a single layer yeah. on a sheet pan. And then when they're fully frozen, then they just like easily can be dumped into a plastic bag and yeah. you can pull them out whenever you want. Okay. Bring I do the same some. thing with meatballs. Yes, totally. Yeah. Um, you pick them uh, off the tree exactly. using, using a grabber. June loves to eat them straight off the tree. Yes. <laughs> okay. Although, you know, did you did you read that article that was going around on Facebook or something a while ago about the number of like little tiny worms and blackberries? No, but I'm, I'm sure like who cares, right? <laughs> yeah, I don't really care either. But it, somehow I get consolation from the idea that in freezing them, at least I'm killing the worms. Mm-hmm. But I don't know, like I... The live I know worms I'm have, also, have more enzymes or something. I know I'm also like tempting fate too with food poisoning, I guess, as we are eating all raw fruits. Oh, sure. Absolutely. I had a neighbor who told me like not to pick from a certain bush last year because he thought that he got food poisoning from it. And it really that sounds like a thing a neighbor would say. It sent me spiraling yeah, down sure. into a sea of despair and they for found a couple you at the hours. bottom in the, in the gully well, or I whatever. Actually, I actually like dumped like, uh, like a quart of frozen blackberries that I had picked off that bush into the compost because then i was scared of getting yeah. sick okay what else do we do with frozen fruit so mm-hmm. like um like when you make you, you have this pound cake with berries right oh i forgot about it yeah my mom's Cause, cause, blueberry uh, raspberry pound cake uh sister-in-law of the show wendy loves making that cake oh i i totally forgotten about it it's a recipe again i think i'm my sure mom that would be good with frozen got berries it from right Sun magazine yeah my mom often makes it in the summer it's like her fourth of mm-hmm. july thing you could totally make it with frozen berries. I, I I think that there is not there are not many baked goods that you can't make with frozen yeah, berries. It's perfect for that. And you don't. I wouldn't thaw them. Uh, I very rarely thaw frozen berries before. Right. I, agreed. I use them in baked goods. Um. Sometimes, like if it's frozen blueberries, I'll rinse them. Oh, like just to, to get the get a few ice crystals off. Yeah, I get a lot of ice crystals in my freezer. Does that mean there's like something wrong with my freezer? I don't think so. Is it just, I do mean, you think it could be that my refrigerator is like um, a cheap fridge from the 80s and it well, probably needs to be replaced? Yes. <laughs> okay. Um, so the fruit bag – so I went to the store to get some frozen fruit and I learned a couple of things. Um, first of all, we were like, what should we make? We don't want to just like eat it frozen or like thaw it and eat it straight. That sounds weird. So I was like, oh, well, we'll make a back of the bag recipe. There must be back of the bag recipes on these things. There are, but they're all smoothies. So is the one that you made us today a back of the bag it recipe? Is. So, I thought it was delicious. So more so than, than – uh, like in the last, I don't know, 10 or 15 years, like uh, fruit blends have gotten more common specifically as like smoothie bait. Bait is not the word I meant. Smoothie. Uh, fodder. 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 Mm-hmm. Okay, wait. So the, <laughs> fodder. So, fodder. So, so the one you made us is called the smoothie shake. Smoothie shake. And it's, it's made with the Kroger Tropical Fruit Blend. Okay. And it was one cup of orange juice, one banana, one cup of milk, and two-thirds tablespoon of yogurt. Wait, but how much? Oh, one half of this package of yeah, frozen Yeah, so half fruit. a pound of frozen strawberries, mangoes, and super sweet pineapple. 
And so did you, that seems like a lot of liquid compared to how much liquid I put in my smoothies. So here's what I did, actually. I did not use orange juice. I used orange juice concentrate and then reduced the amount and then used like half as much water as I would have if I was making reconstituted orange juice. Okay. So it came out a little thicker. Okay. Um, but I, the, I mean, the fruit thickens it quite a bit. Yeah. For my smoothies at home, we usually do like one banana. Two banana, three banana, four. <laughs> like one small to medium banana per person. Um, a lot of blackberries, a lot of strawberries, sometimes sure. a few raspberries. And then I do like a couple big spoonfuls of whole milk plain yogurt. Mm-hmm. Which also went into this. And then... Milk, if I have it, if not, just a tiny splash of water to get the blender going. Yeah. Um, and then if for some reason the blackberries that I used or the strawberries weren't sweet enough, I'll just do like a spoonful of maple syrup. Yeah. That sounds great. Yeah. Really good. I need to, I, I was going to say I need to start smoothing again, but I don't really think I'm going to buy a blender. Uh, I don't you've know. You've got a little bit of shelf space. I know. Like just a little bit. Is, do they make such a, is there such a thing as a little blender? Yeah, but the, but like the a thing, ninja or but something. The thing with blenders is like stuff expands. Yeah, that's true. When you blend it, it it sure does. Okay, hold on. So, what else do you do, Matthew? Do you ever make fruit coulis? Oh, <laughs> like a like a quick like fruit sauce. Yeah, yeah, I do. You do? Um, yeah. You didn't, you didn't stop doing it in the nineties? Uh, no. I mean, I don't do it often, but like if there is some frozen fruit around and I want like uh, like a fruit syrup for something. Like to like have angel food cake, maybe. Yeah, or, or... pancakes. Oh. Like if I want, if I want to go a little Rudy Tooty fresh and fruity. What? <laughs> it's a it's a menu item at IHOP. Oh, I don't does remember. That have fruit syrup or fruit, I think it does because IHOP is known for having various types of syrups, but I don't actually remember what the Rudy Tooty fresh and fruity consists of. The the video that I was watching about uh, individually quick frozen fruit. Mm-hmm. It said that you could use it for making, you could use frozen fruit for making fruit salad. Have you I've certainly had that, but it gets kind of wet. Well, what I was going to say is I, I think of, so frozen fruit, I tend to either use frozen, like in a baked good, and then it gets baked and yeah. it has a baked texture. Or I use it frozen in a smoothie, in which case it never really defrosts. It just is sort of like beaten up. I've never eaten frozen fruit intact that was just thawed and not cooked. We did a fruit salad episode, right? And I think we talked about how, like, often in a fruit salad, the fruit gets sort of beat up around the edges. Yeah, and sort which of is an issue for me. Kind of the I character don't... of defrosted frozen fruit, which is what I'm trying to avoid. So, what yeah, I don't feel good about this idea. What is defrosted frozen fruit like texture? Mushy. It's mushy. Yeah, because like cells have blown open because you froze them, and the water in them expanded, and the cell walls broke. Ah, uh, okay. And so then when it why defrosts, did you do this? To so those then when poor it cells? defrosts, you don't have these nice like cellulose walls. Anymore. Exactly. Okay. I mean, you do, but they're not they're not turgid anymore. Great. Oh God, say turgid again. Thank you so much to everyone for giving me the opportunity <laughs> to say the word turgid. <laughs> Ah, I love turgid cells. Okay. um, Well, uh, yeah, I think that I'm just not, I'm not going to, you know, if if I'm asked to bring a fruit salad to an event. Which happens a lot. Well, I feel like it's one of those things that, you know, like there are all these like parent education nights for schools and stuff like that. And you have to like sign up to bring a snack or whatever. Like it's usually like fruit platter or whatever. It's not usually fruit salad Mm because with fruit salad, it's, you're expected to eat it with a fork. 
True. So I guess I don't need to work. Well, all this to say, I don't see any reason why I would ever make a frozen fruit fruit salad. Challenge accepted. What if, uh, what if like it, it was designed to be served frozen? Like, I think there are probably uh, some of these that would be kind of good on a hot like, day. Do you like eating frozen fruit? I don't think I've really tried it. June loves it. When I make smoothies, okay, she yeah. sits on the so counter. So make her a frozen fruit salad in the sense that it's still frozen. <laughs> she, That'd be she, great. She sits on the counter and takes a whole frozen strawberry out of the bag and just. I think I used to do that as a kid on too. It. A couple of other frozen fruits that are good. Frozen rhubarb is quite good. Oh, I hadn't thought of that. Although um, I have frozen rhubarb myself, but then I baked it. Yeah. So, yeah, for, for bake. I mean, you're not going to, like, eat. I mean, we did kind of eat rhubarb straight off of the stock it's in the true. rhubarb episode. That's true. Um, but, uh, yeah, frozen rhubarb is, works quite well. Okay. Um, frozen cherries, especially sour cherries. Like frozen, mm. frozen for your pie sour cherry milkshake. For a sour cherry milkshake, or or like there was this again. This is probably like before I had kids. Like there was this sour cherry tart recipe with almond paste that I would I make don't a imagine lot. Imagine you ever doing this again. It was really good. Oh, bad frangipani, right? Yeah, frangipani. Oh, I love that stuff. <laughs> frangipani. This episode was brought to you by Thomas's English muffins. Matthew, yep. if you had a hot tub and you filled it with butter, what would it look like? Oh, I think it would look like a steamy, greasy hot tub, and I would, <laughs> no, no, it no. would void my warranty no, for no, sure. No, 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 Matthew. Yes. Uh, the correct answer is it would look like a oh. Thomas's English muffin. Oh, because all those little nooks and crannies fill up yes! with butter. Yes, Oh, Thomas's, wake up to what's possible. You can come find us on facebook.com slash spilled milk podcast and tell us about how do you feel about fruit salad made from defrosted frozen fruit? Yeah, that's that's what we want to know this week. That's exactly we'll, what we want to we'll know. Make a poll as we always do. Also, we've never done that. Do you smell like essential oils? Which essential oils do you smell like? If someone if someone were going to guess which essential oil you smelled like, what do you think they would guess? Yeah, it's tough. It is. I I'm, I'm think probably, I'm not I think I'm not ready to say. Yeah, I'm thinking about it. Like you can also find us at spilledmilkpodcast.com where we will uh, I don't know, maybe post the recipe from the smoothie we made today. I bet we can do that. Maybe? We can also link to the video that I watched. Yes. What else, Matthew? Uh, people can leave us a review on iTunes, um, Castbox, Stitcher, mm -hmm. Google Play, etc. You can et find cetera. us all those places. Uh, and until next wait, time, wait, wait, our producer is Abby Circatella. We're on Instagram at Spilled Milk Podcast. What, what else? What else? Do I, I have think to say? that's all. I okay. think that's all. Um, uh, thank you for listening to Spilled Milk. Uh, uh, we are we were picked at peak ripeness, but our nutrients have declined over time. <laughs> I'm Molly Weisenberg, and I'm Matthew Amster Burton. Is it possible to record an episode about... Never mind. Okay. <laughs> Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil.